Hi friends, I'm Olivia. And I'm Katie. And we are Podcast by Proxy. Welcome. Heck yeah. (laughs) I was going to say hello, but hell yeah. We're getting really good at hitting record at the same time yeah i've also just noticed that we always congratulate ourselves after we do it so every recording starts with nailed it i think we did good this time did you hear that yeah did you hit a plate with some cutlery on it no that was a ghost spoon i barely moved and the spoon just jumped to the other side of my bowl i was eating soup it was a ghost so you mean so you mean it was piece of dishware and a spoon (laughs) it was yeah (laughs) anyways fair how are you today i'm good i'm tired but i'm good that's fair we're recording a little later than usual so but we need to get this done today because olive's leaving town i'm a busy gal apparently yeah (laughs) places to go people to see Mm -hmm. mostly just places to go very few people to see Very few people to see, but places to go, and yeah, but... uh, You had something you wanted to talk about at the top of this before we start, right? Yeah, before we dive in, I just thought we should recognize at the beginning of this episode that in the last two weeks, because this is going to be airing a bit later, in the last two weeks, (laughs) there have been two mass shootings in the U.S., the first on March 16th at the spas in the Atlanta area. Eight people, including six women who were of Asian descent, were killed at three different spas, and the gunmen had frequented at least two of those. And this has sparked, obviously, conversation of the fact that Asian, like, anti-Asian hate crime has has risen in the past year here Mm -hmm. in the West because of covid which is disgusting so we just we wanted to bring that up and not really talk about it too much but just recognize that it happened and that it needs to stop happening and that that it's a it's a real thing yeah and then the second one of course was just a few days ago march 22nd 2021 at a grocery store in boulder colorado so a gunman was inside a just like a grocery store a supermarket it killed 10 people including a uh, police officer the first police officer to arrive at the scene eric talley and the gunman was injured and taken into custody so again our thoughts are with the victims their families everybody affected everybody who was in the store and yeah i mean it. there's not much more to say that's it's all I, re- I just yeah i just wanted to recognize it's it so because sad. i didn't post anything on our instagram page Mostly because I didn't want to share somebody else's post in amongst some memes or, like, funny things that I was posting. Not that I think, like, sharing is wrong. I think whatever way you can spread awareness and and do that is, and it's right for you. I just didn't feel right in the moment. Just kind of, like, putting When we have in. a way to show our voice, so... I just wanted to do it this way. So let's, yeah, yeah, I just wanted to recognize that and just something to kind of think about. And yeah, that's it. Yeah. And our thoughts are with everybody who's Mm -hmm. gone through all these tragedies. And yeah, I'm sure over time we will talk about this more and more, but it was more the uptake in it and the acknowledgement of it that we wanted to put at the top of this episode. It's going to be a little bit darker in here today. I think I'm really glad we did kind of like a more 
I don't want to say fun because these topics are never fun, but kind of like a more fun one last week because maybe lighthearted. Um, yeah, it's not gonna be. It's gonna be hard to joke around today. This one's. This one's gonna. It's gonna be. Hard. Yeah, this one was actually harder than I thought it would be to research in the end, just because when I was watching all the footage, just to preface this for anyone who's listening, this actually took place in Victoria, where we live, yeah, where I live. Yeah, we're coming um, back home So week. watching all the footage on the news, because I'm like a watcher and a listener for my research mm-hmm. more than anything, and it was really eerie seeing all these buildings and places that we still know and we've been. Well, and... I remember this throughout my whole life because this mm-hmm. happened the year that I was born. Vancouver Island, for anybody who doesn't know, is where we live, is not very big and it's thought to be quite safe. The island is like one big home and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this one kind of shook our rock. Yeah. So, but yeah, we'll get into all the details and then we can talk about it because... It's, it's a lot, but it's also not a lot at the same time. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of frustration around this case. So we will get to it. And for anyone who hasn't already, go to our Instagram, follow us, check out our link tree for case suggestions, and follow us on whatever platform you're on. At Podcast on. by Proxy. Also, if you want to follow us on a platform that we don't post on, Follow us on Twitter. It's also at Podcast by Proxy. Yeah, or if you know somewhere we're not and you'd like to see us there, whether oh, it's yeah. a listening platform or a social media platform, screenshot it and your handle in it and we will look into it. And then that way, if we start up a profile, we will make a purpose to follow you. So anyway, we'll get into this now. And I'm sure that everyone's going to know what it is purely based on the name once we say it. So today I will be telling you guys or we will be telling you the story because i like olivia said we lived through this all our childhood our parents mentioned it it was a constant fear in the back of our minds i think a little bit so we are going to do the case of michael dunahy yeah this was like the case that i grew up like i remember seeing like the posters all over the place Mm -hmm. and i'm sure my mom talked about it and it was very emotional to re-dive into this case like I really didn't research it a ton because a it was your week and b I didn't need to I don't I'm sure that you're gonna teach me a lot about the investigation and kind of like the ins and outs but like the the just it was it was hard enough to just read rehash so I'm let's do it I'm ready I'm not but I am yeah I think that's the only way to go into this one. I don't know why I'm so I don't know why it was so much more difficult for me I will say I feel like there is a full moon coming up this weekend and I feel it I feel it hard I don't know so, if I do I really but do. I'm not like I don't know oh but I did go to see a medium that's cool tell me about that when we're done recording <laughs> no everyone else listening please don't start talking about your medium experience <laughs> or if you do want to hear about it let us know and maybe we'll do an instagram live of it or like a bonus episode where we just do something completely offhand because i did just order tarot cards and i'm kind of like retapping into my spiritual side so that could be fun <laughs> for okay well we'll we'll do this and people are actually interested we can do that they're not gonna be no they're not gonna care (laughs) please fucking don't yeah totally so anyway this is one of the most notorious canadian missing persons crimes of all time 
at the time that it was actually active and happening, and it was the biggest case in Canada, hands down. Have and you I actually got said of... what the case is yet? I yeah. don't think we... Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She's never listening to me, guys. I have the, the first five minutes. I don't have her, and then so all of a sudden really something did. gets her attention. <laughs> Michael Dunahy. Okay. Here we go. Yes. Ugh, yes. Anyway, I got most of my information from michaeldunahy.ca. It's run by his sister, Caitlin. The Wikipedia page, multiple news articles throughout the past 30 years. As you may have seen on our social media, we did just post that it was the 30-year anniversary. Also the reason that we are bringing more awareness to this case right now. And then last but not least, I got the last bit of my information from Dark Poutine. They are another Canadian podcast. They are amazing and they did a phenomenal job representing this case. It was so good. I loved every minute of it. And they're from Vancouver. I'm like smiling and giggling like this because I listened to one podcast episode about this case before we recorded this like a few days ago. And guess which one it was. <gasps> really? Dark oh, Poutine. I, I love, love Dark Poutine. Did you? We'll tag them. We will give them credit where credit is due. Sorry. Yes. Amazing. On March 24th, 1991, Crystal and Bruce took their children, four-year-old Michael and six-month-old Caitlin along to watch Crystal play a flag football practice at the Blanchard Park Elementary School, which is at 950 Kings Avenue. Like we said, right here in our hometown or in our home island in Victoria. The whole island is my hometown. Yeah, same. I think <laughs> that's fair. It is. And also, by the way, you have to take a two-hour boat ride to get here from the mainland. I know I was listening to something and I think it was dark poutine actually where they made a comment saying you can only get to the island by plane, uh, ferry or boat. And I was like, wow, I guess that is kind of an interesting thing for us that we don't think is weird. No, because most people don't have to travel by water to get like resources brought to their place or to go anywhere that's not where they live. Well, well, when COVID hit, we were worried that our ferries were going to shut down and we wouldn't be able to get, like, household items anymore or groceries. That and even th- things like concerts. People that don't live on an island just go to a concert. We, for the most yeah. part, if we want to see anybody big, have to take a two-hour ferry ride, which costs a lot of money, get a hotel. It's like $200 it is each any- way. Anyway, we're off topic, but you have to take a boat. But here. yeah. But you know what? This is relevant because we are going to loop back around to modes of transportation later and some theories. So this is actually good for people to know. It is about an hour and 40 minute ferry ride mm. either way. And oddly enough, there is a port in the city that I live in and the, and in the city that Olivia lives in mm-hmm. for the two major routes that go between us and the remainder of our country, really, and leading into Vancouver. Yeah. So on the way to... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's some crazy theories, which I'm sure you know of now, too. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. On the way to the park in the back of the car, four-year-old Michael is remembering that there is a playground at this elementary. Immediately, he's asking his mom if he can go play the minute they get there because he had just come in from playing with local neighborhood kids and he was on a complete socialization high and just wanted to hit it again. He needed it. So he just wanted to go play. Didn't matter who they were. Crystal was on record saying that when she got there, she did have a gut feeling that there was something off that day. And she didn't really want to let Michael go play at the park, but she thought it was only a few minutes, so it should be fine. Because 
how it kind of happened is Crystal walked over to the field with Michael. She starts to, she talks to him for a moment, sends him over to the playground. As she's putting on her cleats, dad and baby and stroller are kind of a little ways behind. So he runs over there. Dad gets to the field where mom is, it seems like. By the time he gets to the playground, Michael's nowhere to be found. So like 20 minutes. Maybe. Oh, not even. Not even. No, no, okay. not even. Like, maybe four or five minutes, it seems like, wow. at most. Okay. Yeah, like, moments, really. Mm-hmm. So scary. Yeah. But and... it's because of cases like this that, like, that you would never do that anymore. You would never let your four-year-old no. just wander over to the park by themselves, even if it is... If it's not within arm's distance away, essentially, you're not, you're not doing it's it. It's too far. Too far. I did look at the aerial view of this school, which is on michaeldunningy.ca because his sister runs the page, like I said. Mm-hmm. There is an aerial view of this school and the park at the time of what it looked like. And based on what I understand from the way they explained it in other videos I saw, to me, the playground and the field actually seem quite far away. They're almost like divided by a parking lot. They seem quite far away, you said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing that I always think about with this case is it's the early 90s. He's been to the park before. There's probably other kids playing on the playground. And again, it's supposed to be safe here, you know, especially Well, that's kind of what she said, even though she had a weird gut feeling. Right. There was other kids there. So she kind of thought, well, you know, like, I think power in numbers, like there's other kids there, they'll be fine. And I can vouch for this. I remember, remember, I'm sure you can too, well, maybe, but like being a kid and going camping, I would like meet stranger kids. My parents would not know their names and we would take off on our bikes in just like bathing suits and sandals and be gone for hours. Like anyone could have just plucked us off our bikes. You think my mom And they would have gone to my, no, that's why I changed the wording after I said, you know, and I was like, maybe you don't. There's no blow dryers in the woods, Katie. That's true. I love camping. Okay. Anyways, I, we get, I think we got the visual for sure. And, uh. That it was that quick. That's that's what's horrifying to me is you could literally turn your head and you're just totally. fucking gone. Yeah, and I have a line later that, and it was like a reoccurring theme. It, it literally was moments and it was every parent's nightmare after that because this was the first time something like this had happened on the island really or that had been highly publicized. It's just another one of those irrational fears that makes me weary of having children. Yeah, I mean, helicopter <laughs> parents became a thing for a reason and uh-huh. totally, I agree with you. I am on the fence all the time so yeah like i said anyway crystal does up michael's jacket sends him over to the playground it's a cool day it's kind of windy they said it was between 8 and 12 degrees depending on what i could find based on like previous weather records because i'm a nerd like that i mean if we're being honest it's pretty much always the same temperature here yeah we We have a 20 degree window of temperature and it we live in like one of the most mild climates it mostly rains (laughs) it's we have nice weather in the summer. We have kind of have kind of cold weather in the winter. Like not extreme, but it's like you know winter. Um, we have a yeah. spring. Like it, it's very mild. So yeah, we, and it was March. Not much so of it was degree. literally as it is right now. Exactly. So it's cool. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. I got it. And it's always windy here in Victoria. We're surrounded by water. That's so. true. Bruce, Michael's dad, like I said, he goes over to where he was playing. He begins yelling his name, asking where he is. They immediately notify the police, which is amazing because most parents would, I think, look a lot longer. But they just knew something was wrong. And police were on site by around 1 p.m. 
And there was about 50 people in the park at that time between the football game and other activities. Everybody started looking for him right away. So a description was put out of Michael. He was three feet tall. He weighed 51 pounds. He had blonde hair and I'm going to say piercing blue eyes because anyone who's seen his pictures knows what we mean. I can't even look at those photos. They are... It's Fish. In, he's just a little tiny baby. He's, he's so, just, oh, it's yeah. And they said he was just starting to show freckles, which you can see in the pictures of him. He was wearing a blue hooded jacket with red lining and red cuffs, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles t-shirt with rugby pants, and blue canvas shoes with red and orange trim, as well as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle undies. I can't. A few other things that the family provided that were distinct characteristics of him were that he would rub his ears at the same time when he would just be standing there. I heard he would that. squat it's so down. Cute. I know. And he would squat down and put his knee or his elbows on his knees and lean on them. And also he was very, very particular about food um, and how food touched and how food was served to right. him. He was very particular. So they were just saying Although he was a great kid, he'd probably be kind of difficult. Well, I'm like an individual characteristic that could stick out and set him apart from someone else. Well, yeah, and you could be out um, with someone and see this other kid at a playground and see him doing these unusual things, like the way he's squatting down, rubbing his ears, and it could be something like that. It's yeah, just like just... very specific things. And I'm sure every kid yeah. has them. I'm sure every single parent could be like, my kid does this very specific thing, this very specific mm-hmm. weird thing. Like everybody, every, everybody, including kids, are different. So that's my mom what my weird thing is. I still do mine when I'm concentrating really hard on something. I stick my tongue like a tiny bit out of my mouth and I don't notice it. Anyway, Michael loved DuckTales and other Disney cartoons. And his grandpa said that even though he was only four years old, he was unexpectedly well behaved in the boat and he was just like a little dream to have on the boat as his little fishing buddy oh yeah he was well beyond his years in boat etiquette apparently he didn't jostle the boat or anything it's so cute i just like these are all things that i did growing up like going boating with my dad and my grandpa and so these kind of things just really hit home like Um, you just picture this little dude and his like fluorescent orange life jacket just like sitting there probably like hanging his feet just having a time with his grandpa fishing break my black heart yeah immediately please classified this as an abduction instead of a missing child as it all happened so quickly and most of the time it was a matter of the child wandering off and they're found almost immediately after so they knew this was something different just by the immediate first reaction and first scene and also how quickly the parents got in touch with the police Again, saving grace that they reached out so quickly. The police detectives, or sorry, worked the case. It was one of the first times they had done something like this, and it was the first time something like this had even happened on the island. So they literally just called in anyone who was willing to work, come to Victoria, work this case. It's impressive, Didn't matter. Like, they didn't understaff it by any means. Not at all. And I'm really proud that, like, yes, it was the Victoria Police Department, I myself, if I call 911, I get the Saanich Police Department, but they do really wonderful things as well. So yeah. I'm still very proud of our police department here in a lot of ways. Sources I read said that hundreds of tips poured in immediately, and there was a steady stream of tips over the years, totaling around 11,000 to date. And to this day, everyone's biggest question is just, where is Michael? Yeah, like what? Where? 
tips were coming in not just from the island or even just within Canada. They were coming over from all over North America. So people in the United States were calling in sightings. It was really amazing. But at the same time, clearly none of those have panned out, as most of us know. Spoiler alert, um, he's still missing. Everyone wanted Michael back safe and sound and his parents. They loved him so much and they made that very clear based on all statements they made. And all press conferences they held, they made sure that he knew he was very loved and his mom, Crystal, was unbelievably stoic through all of these. And we'll talk more about the mom later because she's a phenomenal woman. Yeah. Um, So like we said earlier, this took moments. In the time that potentially the dad was passing Michael almost, someone could have been pulling him into a vehicle. So yeah, it's, it's just shocking how fast it happens. Reports from others at the park, including children that were taken, they said the man was between 40 and 50, and he was near the playground and no one recognized him. But yet, there's still no concrete evidence that anyone saw a specific person take him. This is just the unusual suspect at the park. And he was there at the time of the flag football game. There was also an unusual van in the corner of the parking lot. Or some said it could have been a camper. Most said it was a dark or brown-colored large vehicle and they hadn't recognized it or seen it before and as soon as police were called they did notice that that vehicle was gone honestly cases like this make me understand child leashes people shit on people who put leashes on their children like the kid leashes my mom put one on my brother really in the 80s though but my brother was a runner i feel like that's rare back then but i feel like people shit on other people who put their kids on i mean i'm indifferent i don't really care do what you need to do to parent your kid but these cases make me understand why people put a leash on their child oh no my brother was like bart simpson in stores (laughs) like the second he got in there he would just take off from my mom so being a single mom trying to grocery shop she had to do something so i'm pretty sure at one point she had a leash for him or she'd like take him to a downtown parade or a fair yeah and he's this wee little guy and she just loses him I think I was a pretty respectable child until I turned, like, four. I've always been respectable. She was a different gal after that. But up until that age, I think I was pretty great. True. Anyway, okay. I've heard. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to hash that out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a month after the abduction, the Victoria Police actually, similar to your case that you had, where they kind of did something similar, they reenacted the van scene. And they brought in, like, a brown van, parked it where they thought it was, and recreated what the park looked like that day in the hopes of generating new leads or getting people to remember things. Oh, that is, I mean, essentially the exact same thing. Yeah, they just didn't drive across the country on a fucking joyride. No, but they, they like, found a replica and, like, kind of recreated it. That's cool. Yeah, it was really neat, and I thought it was kind of cool for Victoria, because mm-hmm. that doesn't seem like something that we would do immediately or no. at that time, maybe have the wherewithal to do that. So I just think it's really neat. In May of 1991, Michael's case was featured on America's Most Wanted. And for those of you who don't know, this this case is frequently mentioned with the case of Adam Walsh, who is John Walsh's son, who was kidnapped at the age of six years old. He was abducted and found murdered shortly after. We may cover the case, so I don't want to get too far into it, but essentially he was at a Sears with his mom. His mom left him playing at a video game console, and for any 90 kids, 90s kids... You will remember those consoles you could stand at and play video games the whole time your mom shopped. They were amazing. But yes, they are literally now looking back just a place to pick up kids for. I didn't do that either. You didn't do that? No. Were you on a leash? No, I was shopping with my mom. Well, that's fair. 
I remember you could go into the electronics department, though, at Walmart, and you could play, like, PlayStation games. Okay. So that was it. Okay. Yeah. And you'd see, like, small huddles of, like, tween boys just being like, <laughs> like, geeking out around these PlayStations. It was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, six-year-old Adam Walsh, he's abducted. John Walsh is his dad. He becomes very passionate to helping families reconnect with their missing children. So it gets featured on America's Most Wanted. After that, we still have a steady flow of tips, although there's not really that much going on in a sense. But there's a bunch of reported sightings that are kind of worth mentioning. In 2006, reports of a young man who physically resembles Michael had been living in the interior of British Columbia, like we said, about a two-hour boat ride away. Not unrealistic. Since 1990, this had breathed new life into the case. However, the man was confirmed by DNA not to be Michael. Then again, in early 2009, they get a tip from Milwaukee police that a Wisconsin man had a missing poster in his house and his name was Vernon. I think it's Sites. Okay. He was 62 years old. He was found dead in his home. He had also confessed to his psychiatrist that he had murdered a child in 1959 when he was 12 years old. Don't love and that. And he knew No, and he knew of another child killing. Officers made significant discoveries in his basement when they found just piles of Actually it's not. It's not child pornography because pornography implies that someone enjoys it and no one should enjoy this nor is it legal. So it's literally just pictures of child abuse. Basically a big pile of garbage on his floor that nobody should ever be looking at and it and it should never be produced. True. I just think we need to reframe that because I don't think pornography should even be associated with that. It's just like photos of child abuse. Yeah, correct. As well as... He had files of unsolved missing children cases in the United States from the late 1980s and 1990s, including hundreds of items that were seized from his house, were scores of drawings of nude boys in bondage, books on cannibalism, yeah, your face, blood, human hair, <laughs> well, and a, a bone. Well, that's a on its own, so. Yeah, and the human hair found was blonde. There was also a missing persons poster of Michael. Now, one of the interesting things about this that I found shocking was when they looked at the poster, it wasn't from Milwaukee, where he was. It was from Millstream Park, which is actually in Victoria. Yeah, and so Millstream Park, if you know it now, My it's a pretty major area. right now. Yeah. Oh. So the park is a pretty well-known area within Langford. It also ties into the Thetis Heights and the trails that go lead in and around Thetis. It also mentions that the Millstream Park is connected to Millstream Elementary and it overlooks a playground. Okay. At least that's what we know of it now. So at the time, I don't know what it looked like, but then I instantly got these vibes of this guy lurking around, looking at kids. So he got familiar with the park and then maybe was there after. I don't know. I just I get weird vibes from this I'm guy. I'm like you're in Milwaukee. They yeah. didn't look any further into that. Or did they rule no. it out? Or we don't know. No, they are still looking into it. It hasn't been ruled out. hasn't been ruled in as far as I'm aware. I don't think they're that interested in him anymore by any means. Okay. Because last I heard is in 2018, I believe, they were still looking into it. But I hadn't seen anything since, and that's quite a while. So fingers crossed they're still working on it, but I don't know. So I have questions... A lot of well, them, and, which we can get to, yeah. but it involves another boat. Maybe some planes. I have questions. And I will just say, I'm not going to go into too many of these. Actually, I'm not going to go into any of these theories in a way. I'm going to do some more sightings. But there was a lot of psychic activity right. and mediums reaching out. And 
To be honest, none of them panned out to anything, so I'm not even going to mention them because I know they're a weird topic for people, whether you agree with them or not. So we're just going to stick with the facts for this episode. In 2011, it was the 20th anniversary. The police were notified of a man living in Chase, British Columbia. So as far as I'm aware, and that's in the interior. Okay. So yeah, in 2011, it was the 20th anniversary. Police were notified that a man living in Chase, British Columbia, who looked like Michael again, but DNA confirmed again it was not Michael. In 2013, a man with the username Knuckles posted on the message board for the Vancouver Canucks official website. And for anyone who doesn't know, the Vancouver Canucks are our NHL team. I feel Just don't look at their stats right now. People will know that that live in like the Western Hemisphere. No, maybe they're women who don't like sports at all, or men who don't like sports at all. That's fair. I guess we are Canadian. I just assume everybody knows everybody at every NHL team. Wrong assumption. Sorry. Canadian problems. Yeah. Anyway, so this person claimed that they had, that the police were coming for a DNA test. They had requested a blood sample from a man in Surrey, who they believe could possibly be Michael. However, on September 9th, the Victoria Police Department stated that the Surrey man was not Michael. Now, I'm curious. Are these people just... Maybe it's me. Like, or were they adopted and they seems... were like they they wanted their DNA tested? Were they just maybe my mama is lying to me this whole time? I'm curious as to how these came so, up. It seems like one of them was definitely like someone else reported saying, "I think this is him." I think it was mostly just people reporting that there was another sighting of someone that looked like them, okay, it's and me. police just followed up on the lead. Okay. Well, I hate I hate people that give fake leads. By the way, it's like one of my hugest pet peeves in life. Stop giving. I don't even fake know if these were leads. fake at the time, though. I'm do not you saying they were. I'm just different... That's one of my pet peeves. Oh yeah, fair. It drives me nuts. But do you know how many different age renderings were done of him over the years? So people, every time one would get released, they'd be like this flood of I think I know this right. person, and his name is John Smith, and he lives in this place. Yeah, because they so. just updated it on the 30th anniversary, but they kind of put these out, like, every couple of years. Yeah, it seems like on most of the big anniversaries, like 10, 20, and 30 at least, mm-hmm. they put out new photos or renderings. Some have been computer-generated, but the most recent one, they've specifically worked with his family for the way their looks have developed over the years, as well as his lineage, and as well a bunch of other characteristic traits. Characteristic trait studies. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, in 2020, a TikToker by the name of Shanger Danger reportedly found the shirt Michael was said to be wearing at the time of his disappearance because it actually was a very rare Ninja Turtles t-shirt. It was found submerged in water. After Michael's family reached out to the TikToker, they saw that the shirt, or sorry, they saw the shirt and realized that it was not the exact same one. Imagine if it was... I know it wasn't, but wow, that would be so crazy. You're just like out hiking or like out with your dog walking along the river or something. You just see this kid's Ninja Turtle shirts that's so old. I wish genealogy could solve this case. I mean, it's not. Genealogy is out of the realm of possible. Yeah, I wish. The thing is, they don't really have anything to go on at this point. We don't have any DNA to compare it to, so genealogy doesn't really do us Well, they have siblings, though. Oh, they have nothing to compare. I see what you're saying. Like, they have... They don't have the person who took the... Yeah. They have literally nothing to compare to that way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. All we can find is Michael, but we know what he looks like technically. Yeah. Um, Okay. Michael was reportedly seen in the company of a black man 
on one of the sightings. He was described as five foot ten, about one hundred and sixty to one hundred and eighty pounds, with a pockmarked face. What? What's I don't know. Mean? So I like had it bolded to look up what it was, and then you didn't. No, I forgot. Oh, okay. Oh, here I'm gonna look it up right now. Oh, they're deep scars on your skin. Okay. It almost makes it sound like you can do home remedies for them for like someone who may have had very serious acne, like quite deep scars like that. It sounds like probably like my chicken pock marks in between my eyebrows. Yeah, I have one too. In the middle of my forehead. Twins. The last possible sighting of Michael occurred on Wednesday, June 19th, when a black man fitting the above description allegedly attempted to abduct a seven-year-old girl in Berlin Borough, New Jersey. Both does she and a companion both described the little boy in the backseat of the man's car resembling Michael Dunahy. Okay. However, authorities were not able to positively confirm any of the sightings, like we just said, of neither Dunahy or the suspected abductor. Hmm. I mean, it's just um, dead end the- after dead end. Yeah, I mean, they haven't had just one thing fall into place yet to go off of, which is so frustrating. They also said this was the loss of innocence for Victoria. So at this point, it was a huge shift in the way people parented, the way people lived, and just the overall amount of trust we had in our city, I think. Absolutely, yep. Yeah. In present day, we are sadly, like we said, at the 30th anniversary. You may have seen this past week. We had also posted about the 5K run for Michael Dennehy. It's called the Keep the Hope Alive. And it raises money for Child Find, which is a company that Michael's mom, Crystal, is actually the president of. She was also an asset in the acquisition of the Amber Alert for BC as well. And she said that there, in her mind, she believes that Michael would have been found had there been devices like this in place at the time. And I don't doubt that. Like I said, they had gotten the police on site within 30 minutes if that Amber Alert had been put out almost immediately. But who knows? If you listening to this episode have listened to any other episodes, we heard in Holly Jones that it doesn't always matter how quick you get the Amber Alert out. Nope, it doesn't. And one thing that we have to keep in mind is we've talked about multiple times before. We are on an island. If someone was to abduct Michael, how far could he get and how quickly? Uh, The ferry terminal. No, keep going. Yep. I was going to say the ferry terminal to get off the island, the major one, would be 35 minutes away at any given point from where this park is. Mm -hmm. But you could also go the opposite direction and go into town and you could get onto a float plane to Vancouver and then drive out of Vancouver. You could also get onto a ferry that goes directly to Seattle. That's the one that gets me. Yeah, and you didn't need a passport at this time. When I was listening so to that, so they could have on, hopped on there on dark poutine because I'd really never thought of that theory before. No, oh, and it's an eight-minute drive. Yeah, there's a directly downtown that takes you to the states. It was the early '90s. You did not need a passport. They really didn't give a shit. You can sit in your car on the ferry. You don't have to get out. Now, I guess you do. Maybe not with COVID, but there was those rules that they implemented recently. Transport Canada rules that have always been in place. The ferry just never enforced them, but now they do. (laughs) But anyways, so that makes so much sense to me. But then also makes sense to me that it would be somebody local who would be really comfortable with the area. So I really don't know. But the theory of being taken to the States on that ferry, I mean, you could be gone within 10 minutes and never be seen again. Easily. 
Well, you're immediately in another. Like, I think within, I think 25 minutes of the ferry ride, you're over the sea border. So you're already out of the country. Yeah. So within 45 minutes, say. It would be way over the border. Or they always thought that this was someone who maybe couldn't have children or wanted a child. And that's why they think that maybe this was an opportunistic pickup on the way for someone who was familiar with Victoria because this park is kind of a weird place to get out of. Right. But it is very close to downtown. So was it someone that was maybe just moving to the U.S. or moving off the island at that moment? Saw that kid and just it didn't matter. And that's the only reason why I'm saying that kid because it could have been any child. It was totally the opportunistic moment. It could have been any child in Michael's situation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Right place, right time. Well, wrong place, 100%. wrong time, I guess. Or did yeah. he take him to Milwaukee? No. I mean, I don't know. That guy is still, I don't know. There's still too much weird about that guy. I mean, I um, don't know anything. Really Everybody do. is innocent until they're proven guilty in a court of law. So don't listen to me. I'm just, you know. Totally, but why do you have a local missing poster? Like, it would have just been nice to know, like, does he have family here? Could it have just been something that was totally a coincidence because he did collect those missing child files? Like, I know it seems weird, but there could have been a totally realistic explanation for those items. Not for the child photos and the bondage drawings that he did of children. But the files on missing children, unless he was responsible for all those missing children. It all makes me uncomfortable. Very much so. Yes. I don't like it. Caitlin Dunahy is running the We Will Never Forget Michael Dunahy Facebook page. And if anyone wants to take a look at that, it's beautifully run. She's very active on there. So I highly recommend you go over there and give that some support. Help spread the word. Because again, Michael's family still to this day believes that he is out there and alive potentially has just been raised under a different name and is waiting for someone to find him or discover this connection or like you said it's going to be the right 23 because yeah it's going to be through friggin 23 and me or something because i mean how much do you remember from before you were four michael not much i think at the time as a four-year-old i was a like strong-willed child and I was a smart child, but I think over time it would have been really easy for me to forget and be brainwashed into thinking that, like, that was my new life. I just, I don't know. Yeah, I also think just the trauma of being pulled away from your parents. Like, it's it's just just such a traumatic thing to happen that I think, yeah, you could turn into being highly manipulatable, whether you're a strong-willed person or child. I think that everyone has a breaking point and can feel overtly vulnerable so, a child. They're not... Yeah, he's, he's a baby. He's four. Yeah. So, I mean, I would believe it. They just I didn't know. remember and was completely raised as someone else's kid and I don't know. And it's highly plausible. If you just get far enough away... It's terrifying. It is. But you're right. At that age, you could potentially manipulate the child into not remembering that they had a previous life or family. Anyway, let's stop talking about the really sad stuff for a second. Victoria police have launched... Oh yeah, 100%, but we don't have to take it down (laughs) any further. We're almost at the end, so we gotta try and pick it back up a little. Victoria police launched a new online tips portal to assist in the investigation just this year. We can link it in our link tree as well, so you can head over to Podcast by Proxy on Instagram and find the link there. 
if you want to take a look, that link also, I believe, has the new updated photo as well, or the age progression sketch that was done. And we will also be posting that on our social media when this episode goes up. So yeah. if you're listening, head over and check it out there. We welcome your comments on the post if you have different theories or what you think could have happened. Because he just as easily could have been pulled into a local apartment or condo in the area. Yeah. There's tons of homes around there. There's so many possibilities. I just, in my heart of hearts, believe that he was taken off the island very, very quickly. Yeah, I, I don't have, I don't know, obviously I don't, I don't know for sure. There's a million theories I could throw around. I think that that's super possible. I don't know. I think it, it was definitely a crime of opportunity. I don't think that it was planned. Or if it was planned, like, it, it wasn't planned to be him specifically. Again, we said it like he just happened to be there. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know, though. Yeah. And, I mean, there was a small hiccup in, I think it was, like, 48 hours after his abduction. There was a reported abduction in Duncan at a grocery store. Oh. And that's actually my hometown. Yeah. So that kind of threw off the investigation for 24 hours. But the next day, the mom showed up at the police station with her kid and the mom ended up getting charged with kidnapping her own child because, I guess, I don't know, I think it was a custody thing, but whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that happens quite often. If anyone else has information or thinks they might have information of that day, no matter how small you think the detail may be, it could be important. The police have set up a dedicated tip line, and you can reach it at 250-995-7444. It's also on any page, pretty much, you search right now with the updated... Uh, sketch like we mentioned will have that contact number as well you can also contact i believe crime stoppers as well if you want to report tips anonymously so both those options are open yeah i have do you do, do you want me to read out the tip line number for crime stoppers no nope, sure for the victoria police department's dedicated tip line i just did oh what i swear to god i was paying attention it's fine it's fine yeah so they have that online tips portal you said too right yeah, they opened a new online tip portal for leads as well. Yeah. I yeah. think I've just been kind of like sitting here thinking about it a little bit more. Maybe that's why I missed that. No, I can tell your wheels are turning. It, I just can't. I can't because, uh, of course, I can't say, oh, it must have been this. It must have been this. Like there's a million theories and, and that's it's unsolved for a reason. But living here my whole life, I was born and raised on the island. We both were. It makes no sense to me that somebody could have been taken and concealed on this island alive for 30 years and never been found there's absolutely no way the island is way too small so and there none of his clothes have ever been found like obviously no remains absolutely not a single freaking thing linked to him so yeah. Taking him off the island makes the most sense to me. I just I just don't see. There's I'm, I'm sitting here like you can see my wheels are turning. I'm sitting here trying to figure out how there's any yeah. way that he could have been here still. And there isn't. There, there just isn't. No. And I think it becomes a matter of if you wait too long, you're never going to be able to get anywhere with him because he'll be too recognized. You have to be ahead of the game. So it's like you either left immediately or you didn't leave at all. The only other thing is that there is a ton, ton, ton of, like, forested areas and deep woods and, like, random places where nobody would ever go that you could dump a body that 
but it would take work. It would take effort and you'd have to know the area really, really, really well. Well, they did get a tip and they did search, I believe, a large area of soup as well as with planes too. Right. So they did do quite a bit, but yeah, you're right. Uh, There's so much forestry here for peace of mind. I did read this as well, that they did rule out local sex offenders. They did get alibis from them. They anyone that was noted in the area at the time. They did go down all those leads as well, purely based on their background. Yeah, I mean, it's the only two options for me, if he never left the island, I don't believe that he would be alive. No, but then I don't think he was alive much longer than after he left that part. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't know if it's just like this placebo effect that our community has, but in my gut, I don't really feel like that's the case either. No. And it's just a gut feeling, and it's like the same one his mom has, but maybe it's just because... There's so many people that believe that. Maybe we're just, I don't know, hopeful. Maybe. But there's something in my gut that makes me think he is out there and all we can hope is that whoever did take him was taking him because they couldn't have a child and they loved him so much and took phenomenal care of him. Yeah. Because that's not always the case. But again, that's even... It was one of the main theories a lot of this time was that someone stole him to have him in a positive way right so that's i guess all we can hope at this point yeah i mean that's really all we can say about this case it's a hard one it's really 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 close to home i think that's what's hard about this one i mean of course i've done a case in victoria before but it just this is a big one in canada and the island and victoria it just like rocked our world so i mean i wasn't born i wasn't even born yet when this happened but it was like the year i was born and so this is the case that I grew up, like, knowing about and being not told to be, like, scared. But, you know, you grow up and are taught to be careful and, you know, don't do this and don't do that. And this is a big reason for that for us. Oh, for sure. And I think it was natural for us to see this little boy on the front of the paper and stuff like that and ask who he was and then sure. stories. Exactly. Like, how often did you stand there while your mom's waiting in line with you? And stare at the corkboard. It was always Michael. Yeah. It was always that face. Oh, that's As a, kid. a sweet little face. I know. So, yeah, this is a tough one. Yeah, and I, it does, it always sucks to leave everyone on just a big question mark, but those really are the key points, the recent sightings and everything we have to go on at mm-hmm. this point. And all we can hope is that with this new sketch and the new tip line and new avenues to contact police and give your tips that somebody somewhere is going to remember something. Yeah. If anyone out there wants to share the sketch, it'll be on our social media, so feel free. Yes. Well, you did a lovely job covering Michael's case. Um, I'm going to hold off on the kid cases for a few weeks. I really do still want to cover the Amber Alert origin case. Definitely. So I didn't want to talk about the Amber Alert much. Yeah. And in terms of local cases, just so everybody that's listening knows, we have had a couple of questions and requests about doing the Lindsay Buziak case. And I just wanted to let everyone know, like, it's been on our radar since before we even started this podcast. Because it's so close to home and because it's unsolved and because it hasn't been 30 years, we have to be very sensitive and careful about how we touch that case because we live here and because it's sensitive, but mostly because of people that are 
not much older than us who are mentioned in that case. And I we have to yeah. keep in mind if someone was to tie our names to something mm-hmm. with such a negative connotation, whether we were involved or not, we understand the repercussions that could have on someone, whether it be their personal reputation, their career, or even just... Just anything. The feelings they have towards this case or us or anything. So we just want to be respectful and make sure that if and when we do it, it's the right time and place. Yeah, it has to be done properly. So I'm sure that we will at some point. I'm not going to say soon. I will say at some point it's been reopened. TBD. But yeah, TBD. But know that it is on our radar. It's just, it's a, it's a sensitive one for us. Totes. My goats. Mm-hmm. I was actually trying to think the other day, now that you brought that up, what my, like, one case would be. And that got me really invested in, like, true crime. So I think before on an episode I said I chose to go into criminology because I was into true crime when I started no. going to school. It was more my interest in, like, the law and how people think like criminal justice and like why people do things it wasn't like that was just a very kind of like short form way of me saying because I was interested in true crime the reason that I was saying that (laughs) is the case that got me into the true crime stories specifically where I was like so like the actual cases that you like to hear the stories of okay yeah yeah. deep dive into my own research like yeah when I started being really interested in picking cases for writing papers and that kind of stuff Carla and Paul Carla that's like my that's my like one case we can even tell people like when you said that you were researching it I was like shit I wanted that one it was both one that we were like that's that's one but we're gonna do it together it's fine I don't have to take the reins on it we did both no no I'm, I, trust me, after I thought, maybe, maybe I'll let you just take that one because it's so bad. <laughs> so bad and so huge. No, I'll do it with you. It'll be fun. It is huge. That's my case, though. Like I said, if anyone wants to join in a conversation, has different theories, head over to our Instagram at Podcast by Proxy and comment on the post, and we will make sure to keep an eye on that. We will be in active discussion with you guys. We would love to hear your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Also, if you have other podcast recommendations about this case or books maybe that you've read, we're always open to those, so you can always post those in the comments as well. Yeah, what she said. Totes. That's all I have. Great. Should we hit stop? Sure. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. I'll call you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. How do I stop this shit? I'll stop it. (laughs) Okay.